Hello everyone, I'm Pat Vick and this is WordWorks. God's Word is infallible and relevant to our lives today. Every situation, circumstance, or problem that we face is addressed in the Word of God, either by commandment, example, or in principle. If you desire the mind of Christ in your life today, you're at the right place, and you can be assured the Word works. Hello everyone, I'm Pat Vick. Welcome to WordWorks. Today we're going to be talking about giving. In 1993, we lived in Alabama, and I went to the Alabama Ladies Conference. Sister Joy Haney was the speaker that year, and I picked up a set of books that she had written. Three books, When You Pray, When You Fast, and when you give. These were probably among the first apostolic books that I ever read, and they laid the foundation for my new Christian walk. We often think about praying and fasting, of course, as being a part, a foundational part of our Christian walk. Unfortunately, we don't like to think about giving as much being a part of our Christian walk. However, in the New Testament, when Jesus talked about praying and fasting and giving, he talked about it with the assumption that we were Christians and we would do these three things. He didn't say, if you fast, if you pray, and if you give. He said, when? And so giving is just as important of a foundational teaching and spiritual discipline as praying and fasting. To give means to bestow, to confer, to grant, to surrender, to apply or yield without compensation. Romans 12 and 8 is talking about different spiritual gifts that are given to us, and one of those is giving. Romans 12 and 8 says, Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. And the word simplicity here means simply means not looking for anything in return, not even acknowledgement or accolades. And so giving is an attitude. God created us to give, and we do give ourselves to things and people every single day. Everything that God created gives, right? The sun gives light. The plants give food, and they help make oxygen for our planet. The waters give fish things to eat. Everything that God created gives. But humans, in humans, he put in us the choice of whether we give and what we give to. Acts 20 and 35 says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I hope that you have found that to be true. You know, I love to get gifts. I'm sure that you love to get gifts. Our 
uh, twin grand boys just had their birthday and we gave them a little party and there were so many gifts. It looked like Christmas morning and they were so happy. They were so joyful. But you know, the greater joy was felt by the people who gave those gifts. And so I hope that you have found that to be true. Mark 4, 23 through 25 says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. This seems to be a hard saying. Um, but it simply is talking about stewardship, stewardship of what we have. We are meant to be givers. And if we hold on to what we have and refuse to give, then we will not be blessed. But if we, with open hands, give of what we have, then the Lord will bless us with more. We know that giving propels the gospel. We have tools um, that we can use as Christians. And one of those tools is our finances. And it takes finances to propel the gospel. Let's talk about one aspect of giving, and that is tithing. Okay, a lot of people don't like to talk about tithing. Um, but it's very important to God. And I want to read you a passage of scripture in Malachi chapter 3. It's, um, it's important where this passage is located because Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament and it's the last recorded instructions for the nation of Israel before the 400 silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the things that you find in Malachi really need to be taken to heart because God emphasized them so much before the 400 silent years. So Malachi 3, 8 through 11 says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? And then God answers, In tithes and offerings. And I want you to notice here that in God's economy, there is a difference between tithes and offerings. They're two different things. Verse 9 says, You are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And... I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. This is Malachi 3, 8 through 11. So there are several things to glean out of this passage. The first I've already said is that God sees a difference between tithes and offerings. They're two different things. Another thing that we can pull out of this is that um, the two words, rob 
and prove. What do those words mean? Well, to rob means to take or steal something that belongs to someone else. And it's very sobering that God has said, you have robbed me. You have stolen something from me. So when we do not pay our tithes and our offerings, we are robbing God. Not tithes or offerings, but both tithes and offerings. Also, the word prove. God says, prove me. If you will pay your tithes and your offerings, prove me and see if I won't pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. The word prove means to ascertain by experiment or test to see if something works. And God is telling us that he is willing for us to prove him, to test him, and see if he will not, uh, that he, he will not bless us for doing what he's asked us to do. And so I also want to tell you that it is very possible to pay generous offerings and still not pay our tithes. What are tithes? The word tithe means tenth. So the tithe is the first tenth of our income. That belongs to God. Remember, Scripture says, you have robbed me. That means he considers it his if we don't pay it. And so our tithe is one-tenth, not just any one-tenth, but the first one-tenth of our income. Um, And so if we pay offerings for special events, special needs, that's wonderful. We should absolutely do that. And we can be very generous in doing that, but still not be paying our tithes. Tithes comes first. It is the first 10%. From this passage of scripture, we can also find and know that there are blessings of tithing blessings of paying our tithes. The first is to bless the house of the Lord, that the needs in the house of the Lord and the upkeep and the ministries in the house of the Lord can be accomplished. The second blessing of paying our tithes is that the giver will be blessed to overflowing. The third blessing of tithing is that God will rebuke the devourer. We know that Satan, the Bible says, is like a lion going to and fro in the earth, seeking whom he may devour. If you're a Christian, you have a target on your head, right? Satan is after our souls. But God says if we pay our tithes, he will rebuke the devourer for our sakes. Praise God. People use all manner of excuses for not paying their tithes. And really, these excuses sound very rational. Really, if, if to a person, a secular person, a person who is not spiritual, these excuses sound very logical and rational, okay? But we are not secular people. We are spiritual people. We are called to a spiritual kingdom, But let's just talk about three of these excuses for not paying tithes. The first one is that people say, I can't afford to pay tithes, right? 
We've heard that over and over, and it sounds very logical, especially in the time that we're living in when th- where things are so expensive. But the truth is, you can't afford not to pay tithes, right? Because God will get his part. I'm not saying that he's going to do bad things to you if you don't pay your tithes. I'm just saying that the first tenth is his, and he lets us use 90% however we want to, right? And if we um, if we mess up that ratio, God is going to get his part. It might be a car breaking down. It might be a doctor's bill. It might be a storm coming through and tearing things up. It could be any different way, but the hedge that God has around us will be dropped and the enemy will be able to come in, okay? The second excuse is that people say 10% is a lot and I work hard for my money. True. But as I said, God gives us 90% to do with whatever we will. And the other 10%, the first 10% is his. It's not even ours. It's his. So we should not even look at it as being ours, right? And he will help the 90% go much further than the 100% ever could. The third thing that people will say is that they will say, well, I don't mark my money as tithes, but I do pay in specific offerings because I want to know where my money is going. I want to decide where my money is going. And again, that sounds very good. And people can pay and be very generous in offerings and still not pay their tithes. And I want you to know this is not God's plan. This is not God's plan. Okay. Proverbs 3 and 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits, the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So God blesses us when we pay tithes, the first fruits of what we make. Who paid tithes in the Bible? Well, the first time that I recall uh, tithes being paid, it was when Abram paid tithes. And there had been a war where kings came out and took the city of Sodom where Abram's nephew dwelt. And he took, they took them captive. And Abram took his servants, over 300 servants, and went out against these kings. And he won that war. And on his way back, the high priest of Salem, Melchizedek, Salem is future Jerusalem. Melchizedek is an interesting person that I don't have time to talk about today, but he was a theophany, a temporary manifestation of God. And he came out to meet Abram, and Abram paid him tithes, one-tenth, the first one-tenth of everything, the spoils from that war. We know that Jacob paid tithes. When he left and was on his on the run from his brother Esau, headed to his mother's family, and he slept on a rock, and he had a dream, and he saw a ladder going up to the heavens, and angels ascending and descending, and the Lord visited with him, and Jacob woke up, and he promised the Lord that day, I, if you bring me back to my family in peace, I will pay you a tenth of everything. 
God instructed tithes to be paid to the Levites, the priesthood, right? There were Abraham had 12, I'm sorry, uh, Jacob had 12 sons, right? Levi was one of them, the Levites. They became the priesthood. And in Numbers 18, 21 says, And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance, for their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. So, The Levites, the priesthood, the ministry was to receive the tithe from the whole nation. And we know a lot of people don't pay tithes because they don't want to give into the ministry because the minister, what if the ministry doesn't do what they're supposed to with it, right? But that's not for us to decide. We are just supposed to give the money into the ministry and let God handle the rest. Numbers 18, 25 through 26 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thus speak unto the Levites, and say unto them, When you take of the children of Israel the tithes, which I have given you from them for your inheritance, then ye shall offer up an heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. So the ministry is supposed to pay tithes as well. God has a plan. God has an economy. God has a system. And it's not up to us to make that decision. It's up to God, right? And in the New Testament, was tithing a thing in the New Testament? Well, Matthew 23, verse 23 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. A very similar uh, verse is in Luke 11 and 42. So, at first, people will say, well, see there, um, there are more important things than paying tithes. Well, no, Jesus said you need to do both. You should not leave one undone. Tithing is very important. Now, beyond tithing, there are free will offerings, right? So we pay our tithes first. And then whatever needs may arise, then we pay into those offerings. Um, One example is when Moses was constructing the tabernacle once they came out of Egyptian bondage, the first church, the traveling church, right? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And they brought all manner of gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins and badger skins, oil for light, spices for anointing oil. So, um, but they gave they gave willingly from their heart. It was a free will offering. So we are still called to do that. 
And then I will make mention again uh, of the verse that I said from the very beginning. When we give, sometimes the gift of giving will just settle upon us. And it says, when we give, then we need to do so with simplicity, not expecting anything in return. And the best kind of giving is done in secret, right? Isn't that the best kind of giving? So the church should be givers. Every single person in the body of Christ should be givers. First, we should give of our tithes, the first one-tenth of our income. And it's the same plan for everyone. It's not like rich people have to pay more, uh, poor people have to pay less. No, it's 10%. It's very fair. God is very fair in this. It's 10% of our income. And then there are free will offerings to meet certain needs. An offering will be called. We need to pay into those. If the church doesn't do it, who's going to do it, right? And then there is the gift of giving when the Spirit of the Lord just rests upon you and unctions you to give. And it might not, it might be money, but it might not be money. It might be an act of service. It might be um, a gift of groceries. It might be a card in the mail. Whatever it is, God's Spirit will unction you. That's what I want to leave you with, that the church should be givers. Everything that God ever created gives, but he left it up to individuals in the body to decide if they're going to give and what they're going to give to. Let's be givers in Jesus' name because it propels the gospel. God bless you. You have been listening to the Word Works podcast with Pat Vick. Thank you for joining me. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Until next time, remember the Word Works. Thank you.